Port Melbourne put five past St Albans. The Eastern Lions smash and grab three points against Hume. Heidelberg get a big away win against the Knights. And we talk cup sets and whatever the opposite of a cup set is as the FFA Cup results roll in. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Match Week 6 episode of the Semi-Pro Potty. Hello, good evening, or good morning, whenever you're listening to this. I am William Chambers, your host this week of the Semi-Pro Potty, and every week... Joined with me this week is Branson Gibson, my friend. How are you this week? I'm doing very well. Thank you, William. I'm very excited to be here. Very excited to be talking all things MPL Victoria. We've got a mega episode to uh, to go over. Lots to talk about, mate. The, what a was bit, it? the yeah, the mega Wednesday bit. night and and then FFA Cup stuff, mate. I'm excited. Yeah, um, there's a lot to get through this week that we don't normally get to, which is quite enjoyable. It, I also kind of want to do a mega cut of every response you have to the intro because you're always excited. I just I want to know stats on it, and I feel like you're like 95 percent of the time excited. Well, it's hard not to be, mate. It's such a great yeah. Lead. It's such I a great know, Fills me with joy. Fills me with joy. Um, <laughs> I, I don't want you to not be excited for this, uh, or else we've failed ourselves. Oh, that's it. Well, I'm glad that that fills me with joy. Do you know what else fills me with joy, mate? Uh, yes. Yes, you do. It's a kit bag, isn't it? It is. You, oh. mate, you've nailed it. Well done. It sure does. No, you, buddy. Um, look, you can kick us off this week. What have you got on, my friend? I have a new addition to my collection this one i think it took like eight months to arrive thanks to covid restrictions and all that i am wearing the socceroos 2005 kit the jersey they wore against uruguay when we qualified for the world cup it's i mean classic socceroos gold it's sort of that weird nike template where it's got like some white white yeah like yeah. around the chest for I don't know why, um, and then it's got that, a funky green swoosh on the sleeve. And that that piping that you're talking about there is so unflattering to anyone mildly overweight because it just <laughs> makes you look more like a balloon. Like remember those soccer balls? Were they the Jabalani's that were made up of yeah. the like? Right? It's, it kind of makes you look a bit like that. Like it just kind of contours <laughs> around you. Know, oh, this ain't great. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I will be honest. It, it, it's not necessarily a belter of a kit. On its own, it's more the story behind it. The fact that they wore it when we qualified for the World Cup to go to Germany in 2006, one of the best moments in soccer is history and therefore an absolutely iconic kit. Thrilled to have it in my collection. Very happy with that for you. What have you got? Um, I'm wearing one that I've worn before, but I really liked it today because, I don't know, something about old kits and the of the era sponsors that really like excites oh. me. Like, you know, the old Arsenal ones with like JVC on it or like Sony or any of the sort of ones that are like, you just, now you just see like betting companies and fucking, I don't know, Angry Birds if you're Everton. Um, <laughs> you know, they're just not, they're not great sponsors. So um, no. I'm wearing my Leon long sleeve away uh, kit. I think it was the away. Yeah, um, but they've got Novotel as a jersey sponsor, and just like when hotels were profitable industries and not being completely taken to the cleaners by Airbnb, like you know, well done. So quite oh, fun. It's a good kit. 
It's good yeah. kit. I, uh, I I do like a long sleeve kit, and I also love a French kit that isn't PSG because I mean stuff mm, them yeah. really. Let's every every dickhead and his dog can get a PSG kit, can't they? <laughs> wow, brutal. I said, want someone, please tell me, if you are, tweet at us if you are walking your dog wearing a PSG kit listening to this, because I would oh, love that. If we, oh, <laughs> I, I, I can think of at least one friend who has a dog and has multiple PSG kits, and there is oh, a Oh, Alex. Yeah, yeah that's 100% a Alex. <laughs> there's a chance. Uh, but anyway, anyway, we, who knows who we may or may not have upset. But Probably mate, many we, people by the end of this. Quite, quite um, possibly. Quite possibly. We've got plenty of games to talk about, though, mate. Yeah, let's do it. Look, let's just jump straight into it. Um, sometimes we do read out reviews as well. I haven't actually been able to check iTunes because neither of us has an iPhone, so I can't tell if we get any reviews this week. So if you do have any reviews, please feel free to give us a review. Um, if you feel like giving us some feedback without a review, show at semipropotty.com, which is an email address that I recently discovered that I set up. So that's really exciting. We've got a <laughs> fully official show at semipropotty.com email address, Branson. Absolutely. Um, Let's do it, man. Let's jump into some football. And it's hard not to start with Port Melbourne because we do lament them every week for being a little bit hot and cold. Brand, what were they this week? They were extremely hot. They were very, very bloody hot. Taken on St. Albans Saints at home. They put five past St. Albans, five nil. Uh, mate, this was a thumping. And as you said, Port Melbourne, every week we don't know what to expect from them. Uh, so this was just, I don't know, when they're on, they're on. And this week uh, on Wednesday night against the Saints, they were on. Christopher Dugan scored Port's first goal late in the first half. It wasn't exactly the most uh, thrilling first half, but Port Melbourne must have smelled blood in the water at half time, I reckon, because they came out firing. In the second half, uh, Christ- oh, I've got my goal scorers mixed up because it wasn't Christopher Dugan who scored the first one. I'm going to have to look that up. Anyway, because Christopher Dugan scored a second half hat trick. So if he did that, that means he didn't score the first one. Yeah, anyway. and that's fine because I'm just now going to go ahead and add this to the That's So Semi-Professional section. So thanks, Branson. You keep going on with this bit. Yep, no worries. Just give me two seconds. I've got I've got my right tab open. You know, I'm my big argument is that if you haven't done the prep properly, you're not allowed to go. Like, you've just got to go on. You've yeah, just okay, got to make here we go. It. Yeah, All right, great. here we go. Here well, we I go. found it. So it was Benjamin Lifton, sorry, who scored the first goal. Christopher Duggan, he did score. He netted a second half hat trick, while Jackson Courtney Perkins also found the back of the net for Port Melbourne. Uh, it was a dominant display, really, from Port Melbourne, as you'd imagine, from a 5-0 result. They had a massive 23 shots overall, 16 of which were on target. On the flip side, though, mate, tough day at the office for St. Albans. Totally blown out of the water in this one. They did, however, have a chance to get back into the game when it was still 2-0 in the second half. But Darren McCauley's penalty hit the upright. Keeper went the wrong way. All he had to do was roll it home. Instead, he rolled it into the old post. Uh, And that was St. Albans' best chance for the game. That would have made it 2-1. I mean, totally changed the result, maybe. Maybe not. Who knows? But for Port Melbourne, uh, sorry, for St. Albans, though, they only had one shot on target in the second half. So it's hard to mm. win when your opponent puts five away and you only have one shot on target. But, mate, this was very, very impressive from Port Melbourne. Uh, can you see them carrying this form on at all? Um, absolutely not. 
Um, just <laughs> it's this constant pain in my side of wanting Port Melbourne to be more consistent, and that they sh- they show signs of being really good, and then like, I, who have they got this weekend? Uh, they play Hume this weekend. Yeah, which, and so I mean, like, Hume aren't like, in great form, but it's like, oh, like sure. I don't, I don't know what Port Melbourne is, which Port Melbourne is going to show up on any given weekend. So, I've just got to the point where I love watching them when they play good games, and this was a great game from them, and it was really entertaining. So, I've nothing. There's no clairvoyant crystal ball like scenario that can understand how Port Melbourne are going to play. So. Until we review next week's matches, I don't know how they're going to go in the next three to five weeks or any, even tomorrow. Don't even know how they're going to go at training. Uh, a bold prediction from you. I don't know how they're going to go. That's maybe why we're not very good at the tipping segment. Which We, we are not very good at the tipping segment. No, we're bloody woeful. But, mate, you mentioned that Port Melbourne will be uh, taking on Hume this week. And Hume on Wednesday night, took on the Eastern Lions. What happened in this one? Bloody a big result happened in this one, Bran, I tell you that much. Eastern Lions 2-0 winners against Hume City, which if you if you said that at the start of the season, in our, in our preview show, we went through and forecasted every round. I would have batted you over the head for being a loony for picking that because <laughs> Eastern Lions just cannot believe it. The form that they have been in, um, they've just been building week on week ever since the second round. And it's probably not just been results that they've been building on, but it's been good performances. Um, they had that massive blowout in the first round, and then they sort of shored up defense. They haven't shipped too many goals since then, and then they've started to score more and put in good performances. And, you know, I think there was probably a trend across all of the Wednesday night games, which I think is quite interesting for maybe a midweek fixture, but all the first halves seemed a bit quiet. Um you know, this was definitely a game with a quiet first half. And, you know, to be honest with you, I don't think Hume looked too worried. I think they probably had the best chance of the first half. But, uh, you know, it was just one of those really quiet first halves that it could have been anyone could have maybe nabbed a goal and it would have been theirs. But it was, yeah, it was a forgettable first half. But the second half, Hume looked great. Um, Delich had a lot of goal to hit in the 56th minute. That was probably the mm. best chance. So, Ball gets sort of crossed in from out wide. He's pretty clear. There is a defender tracking back, and there's probably just not enough pace on the ball to him. Takes a while getting to him. Puts the shot up pretty much at the goalkeeper's face, but Coulter made a great fingertip save, pushed it onto the bar, and kept that at nil-nil. Um, but despite Hume's great start of the second, um, Drutzis would score from one yard against the run of play for Lyon. So this put them one-nil up, but it was against the run of play. And then moments later, Drutz has had a great run into the penalty area. Fouled, and for mine, it didn't look like a penalty. It was one of those ones where I think only he kind of half looked at the referee for a penalty, and then the referee pointed to the spot. I could be wrong. It was just my initial read. It was just it didn't look like a stonewall pen, but referee points to the penalty spot. This is a couple of minutes after the first goal. Um and then it was tucked away by George Opolis. Uh we got a hand to it. Um you know, we always talk about how good Weir is in goal for Hume City, and he managed to get a hand to this one, but just not enough to tip it wide. But in the blink of an eye, this game that looked like a good second-half start for Hume turned into 2-0 for the Lions, and Hume huffed and puffed, but the Lions' defence just held strong. Um, 
I wouldn't say that they were an impervious defense. It looked like it was probably a way to get back into the game for Hume. But, man, Hume is struggling for goals at the moment. Um, only some, Oh, you'll like this, Brand. Normally, you're Ooh. the one who actually pulls insightful commentary into things. Ooh, but give it to me. I was, I was feeling like Hume hadn't scored a lot of goals this season. I had a look at the table, and only Altona and St. Albans have scored less than them. And wow. Yeah, which is quite shocking because <laughs> I love how you don't believe it. You're just checking it now. <laughs> oh, no, I totally believe you. I'm, I'm, I'm having a look. I, I totally believe you. Yeah. And, and this was no, a you're... Hume side that was previously scoring for fun and were, you know, picking up two nillers and, you know, putting, putting goals away in pretty good form. So I think it's interesting for Hume when they're not playing poorly. I thought they were, again, they were probably the better team in the first half and they had a strong second half. They just had two goals scored against them in a wild five minutes. Um, So, yeah, Hume, I think if they can fix that, putting the ball in the back of the net problem, which, you know, you could probably say it for most football teams now that I think of it. If they fix the putting the ball in the back of the net problem, all teams will be better. But, um, yeah, Hume played well. 2-0 2-0 win to Eastern Lions, though, and Eastern Lions were, were good for it. I mean, they took their chances. You're probably not going to get many chances against Hume, and they took them. So congrats, Eastern Lions, and they're bloody flying along at the moment. Mate, they um, are. They are. Just very quickly on Eastern Lions, mate. In their last five games, they've got two draws, two wins, and one loss. So that is yeah. quite quite a strong return. And also, uh, that win actually puts Eastern Lions above Hume yeah. On the table, which is Wild. crazy. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, definitely wouldn't have predicted that one. Um, one thing that we probably would have predicted, and I wonder if we did predict it in the tips. Uh, but no. We'll get to that later. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> We're so bad at this. Um, yeah. Avondale 2, Bentley nil. Brand, you are obviously at this one. Um, put your biased or unbiased hat on. I'm not sure because Avondale looked great in this one. Uh, yeah, we're going for my we're going for my neutral hat today. Unbiased hat. I'll just uh, tell it how I saw it. So good win for Avondale overall rematch of the 2019 Grand Final. Uh, Bentley on the back foot early though, reduced to ten just ten minutes into the game. Corey Sewell was sent off. Uh, he fouled Liam Boland, and then while Boland was on the ground and. It looked like he kicked out at him or kicked the ball at him. Not too sure. Uh, serious foul play, though. Referee had no hesitation uh, showing him a straight red. So that really put Bentley uh, behind the eight ball early on. Avondale controlled the first half, as you'd expect from their dictating possession and the attacking play there. Uh, they took the lead half an hour in thanks to a lovely Yusuf Ahmed header. It was a beautiful cross found in, in plenty of space in the box, headed home true. He's had a pretty good start to the season for Avenel, has Ahmed. Mate, the second half, though, was a totally different story. I would have thought that, you know, Avenel one goal up with a player advantage in the second half would have gone on, added, a, you know, another goal and maybe two or three and really sort of stamped their authority on this one, but it didn't happen. The second half started off a little bit slow, but then it was Bentley who were really ramping up the pressure. Uh, Despite being a player down, they looked, for me, far more likely to score, looked the more dangerous of the two sides. They had a bunch of close chances, uh, including a header that hit the crossbar uh, sort of midway through that second half. Avenel, though, full credit to them. They did hold firm 
And in stoppage time, it was Liam Boland who sealed the deal with the goal on the counter-attack to give Avanel the 2-0 win. And, mate, it was a very gritty performance from Avanel, I thought. Uh, A bit of an ugly win, but one that they'll definitely take. For me, I thought it's the kind of result they needed after conceding late to the Knights when they were in front. They gave up a late equaliser. Uh, Altona, they're up 2-0 and gave up two goals there. Of course, they were down to nine, but gave up two goals there to blow the lead there. So for Avondale to hold firm and hang on in this one was very, very good. Uh, To be fair, though, they did have a player advantage. They definitely should have, but the fact that they did, yep. Anyway, um, that win lifts Avondale up to second spot, which is obviously quite good uh, for Bentley. I thought they had a really impressive second half. Um, I really felt like they were going to equalize. It did feel imminent. Uh, It's always tough being down to 10 men uh, for 80 minutes, but I thought they gave it a a fair old shake of the sauce bottle. And in the end, we're probably unlucky not to, uh, not to net a goal. Fair old shake of the sauce bottle. Yeah. I think that's where did that come from? I think that's a Kevin Rudd quote. I think he said that when he was Prime Minister. So, something like a that's fair right. It is. It is. It came to me on the spot and I was like, do you know what? That's uh, that's going to go in there. But, Why did uh, he go with Kevin 07 if he had fair old shake of the sauce bottle? Why shouldn't he <laughs> use that as his slogan? Well, I don't know if it was his slogan or if it was just a, a one-liner that he used. Yeah, but it should have been his slogan. That's what I was yeah. saying. That's a cracker. Um, yeah, anyway, look, I absolutely yeah. like it was a great win for Avondale. Yes, um, had to have happen. like God, I was I was watching it. I was just going like, "Is this another way for Bentley to get in the head of Avondale?" Yeah, like, and I was just watching like, "Oh shit!" If like Avondale, if Bentley get a point out of this one after going a man down like ten minutes in, I'm like, "Yeah." If Avondale have to pay, play Bentley in the finals later on in the season, then I'm just putting my house that I don't own, by the way, um, on on Bentley. Yeah, just very quickly before we move on to the next one, if Bentley had scored here, I would have thought that would have been a very de- or, or equalised or done anything here. I think that would have been super demoralising for, for Avondale on the back of the Knights game, uh, lost to Green Gully when they had a player advantage, mm-hmm. uh, conceded when they had a player advantage against Oakley, uh, blew a 2-0 two two lead against Altona. It would have been quite devastating, but they hold on. Uh, and... That's all I'm going to say about this game, mate, because we are going to move on to the next one. A big crush, this one. Melbourne Knights, who have been firing early, taking on Heidelberg, who have had a bit of a resurgence, mate. Tell me about this one. Yeah, look, this was um, a little bit of an OG. Uh, you know, the the uh, the old guard of the NPL, I'd probably call this one. Knights v Heidelberg, you know, two clubs steeped in history. Um and look, to be honest with you, the Knights looked great from the start. And I do really mean the start. In the first minute, mm-hmm. Alan Webb had a shot that had to be cleared off the line. Um, but there was great tempo to this one. There was a lot of action in the attacking thirds of both these teams. And it was really for mine, I was sort of rubbing my hands at this fixture because uh, sort of up and about Knights versus an up and about Heidelberg really sort of wet the appetite. And I'd say that the Knights probably had the best chances of the first half. Albano definitely had a good chance, headed wide for about six yards. Um, That closed out the first half, nil-nil. So despite a lot of attacking endeavour and nice tempo to the game, similar to other games, slow first half, maybe it's a Wednesday night thing. You're trying to get into it. You haven't had that full day to prep and everything. Um, 
But the second half was, I think, much more reserved. I think maybe both teams realized that it was one goal in it and it was better to not concede that one. Um, the first really notable chance came in the 82nd minute. Sean Ellis had a nice run into the area and just creates maybe half a yard of space and curls it past the defender, past the goalkeeper, into the goal, 1-0 to Heidelberg. Um and to be honest with you, that was pretty much that pretty much saw out the game. Uh, it was a much more subdued second half. But yeah, look, Knights failed to score. Heidelberg, three points, big win away from home from them. And I think it's going to be one of those fixtures where they're. I feel like Knights and Heidelberg. Knights look a lot better. Heidelberg don't look as impervious as last few seasons. So I think they might be there or thereabouts, the same place as each other this season. So to get away points, a big win for Heidelberg. Yeah, definitely. And it was their third win on the trot as well for Heidelberg. Uh, and for Knights, you know, they had not, not, I mean, you can only beat who's in front of you and not to say that they've had easy fixtures because they have looked good. They beat Hume, they pumped Hume, uh, but another test against another strong team. And this time, they didn't quite come out on top. And uh, we mentioned before how that result for Eastern Lions impacted the table as well. Heidelberg, that result means that they jump ahead of the Knights on they the do. table as well. Yes. But let's be honest. If there's one team that is setting the table on fire at the moment, Brand, it's a almost clinical South Melbourne at this stage. Winning against, let's be honest, uh, at times beatable Dandenong Thunder. Brand, you had a look at this one. Tell us about it. I did, uh, and I will. Uh, I'm going to follow the same trend as you. Uh, I thought again, yeah, this was a rather unexciting first half. You know, not a not a ton of chances for either side. To be honest, Dandy Thunder probably had the better of the attacking chances in the first half, in my opinion. Uh, things changed, though, in the second half. I thought South Melbourne looked much better in the second half. I thought they looked a lot more threatening. Uh, Henry Hoare, Jerry Salidos, Harrison Sawyer, and Marco Jankovic all had good chances on goal, uh, but they couldn't find the back of the nets. It was about the 85th minute, and you're going, look, geez, you know, for South, this is a pretty tough result. Dandy Thunder at home, classic South, nil all draw here. But maybe this is a sign of uh, what's to come later this season. Something changed, I think, maybe in 2019 or last year. Old South Melbourne might not have got the points in this one, but they did, thanks to uh, Jerry Salodos. He eventually found the net in the 85th minute with a lovely finish from a tight angle, made a run down the left-hand side, and then he was close to the byline, and he sort of uh, just shoots and chips and dinks it over the keeper. It's just a, a lovely shot, a lovely finish, and it gave South Melbourne the lead. Uh, one goal was all they needed for them to hang on for the win, and that result, mate, is a very big result. Not only do they remain undefeated, they are the only undefeated team in the NPL Victoria so far, but they are now on top of the table. Three wins and three draws, 12 points, sees them outright in first place. Will um, a, a South a good chance to stay there on top, mate? What do you think? I mean, it's always something we said about this sort of season. You could cast a handkerchief over, I'd say, the finals positions. But there's one thing that you said in there that I think was really correct, which is you're talking about Souths and some of the names that are there 
Um, Henry Horde, Salidos is in great form at the moment, both in supplying and scoring goals. Harrison Sawyer, Marco Jankovic. Uh, I just think it's a different kind of conversation to what we're having now about Souths than, Souths than a couple of seasons ago. I'm really excited by them. I think they've done the right things to maybe just boost their ability to put the ball in the back of the net. And like you said, they all had good chances in this game. It was just that maybe one, only one of them went in. There probably could have been two to three um, goals in this one, but one nil, three points, doesn't matter to South, top of the table. Great. I think they are there to stay. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not convinced that they're going to finish on top, but I think there is something different about this side. I think their yeah. ability to get... Uh, turn a few of those draws into wins, you know, they still haven't lost. You know, there's a lot to be said for that. Yep. Uh, so, I mean, I'm not fully convinced uh, that they're going to stay on top, but I think that uh, we will look forward to seeing South in the finals later on the season. Mate, one team who we think will make the finals and one team who looks like they might not, Dandenong City taking on the Oakley Cannons. What happened in this one, mate? I agree that Dandenong City look like they're going to make the finals, Branson. I strongly <laughs> agree with that statement. Yeah, definitely uh, what I was saying. Further note that we're bad at tipping. Uh, no, um, Dandy City did get beaten by Oakley in this one. Uh, again, mate, look, Wednesday night at Dandy City looked lovely. Perfect weather, good little bit of fun. Um, slow first half. Said it about a lot of the games. It really took a while to get into this. Um, but second half. And not so much against the run of play, but I think probably deserved at this point maybe was what you would say because Dandy City, we've seen them play really poorly and look defeated pretty easily in games. Um, Steven Topalovic would put Dandy City in the lead. Um, Oakley failed to, declare, uh, to fail to clear the ball from a set piece. Like it, they just took their chance and it was a really good finish. Um this definitely brought the game to life, though. Uh, in the 66th minute, Thurtell managed to pull it back to 1-1. Uh, he headed it home from six yards, nice little bit of glancing header. Um, and then after that goal, Oakley looked much more dynamic. Um, they started to knock the ball around with a little bit more tempo, a little bit more vigor, a little bit more pace. Um, and five minutes later, Decker came off the bench, placed a shot just inside the far post. It was quite slow, probably a bit mishit, probably should have been saved. But it goes in the back of the net. So that's Oakley turning around a 1-0 deficit to a 2-1 lead. Um, and that's a lead that they wouldn't give up. But it was a spicy fixture, and I thought Dandy City showed good character in this one. Um, and I thought Dandy City were probably good value for a point in this one. I wouldn't say it was off of the back of any real chances that they created in, in responding to going either 1-1 or 2-1 down. But... Um, yeah, I actually thought Dandy City showed a bit more worth than they have in other games this season. Uh, we'll also say that there was an absolutely shocking challenge late from Denise oh. for Dandy City that only got a yellow card, surprisingly. Um, I, my mate showed it to me and was just like, oh, check out this red card. And I'm like, yeah, do you want to know the worst thing about red card challenge? Just a yellow. Um, so I that it was, was even a yellow, was it? Oh, it might have been. It might have been. Yeah, it got a yellow. It got a yellow, okay. yeah. I'm pretty sure he had to have got a yellow. Surely, yeah, but that was okay. It's so bad. Yeah, so that challenge, I saw, the, I saw the video of that too, and that was ridiculous. It was sort of late uh, from a terrible angle, diving in two footed. It was just, I mean, 
yeah. are terrible. It, it was yeah. not a good challenge at all. It, it, it's like as if there's like a, if a referee has like a, a, a printout in their pocket for like is this a red card and there's like a checkbox system. It checked all of the boxes, <laughs> like yeah. really all of the boxes. So it was a shocker. Um, but look, that regardless of that, I think Dandy City actually picked up a shit ton of cards in this game as well. So that's probably going to come back and hurt them at some point. Um, if not not scoring goals or getting points is going to hurt them enough. Getting yellows is probably not going to help them. Um, but look, I actually thought they played okay. They were unlucky maybe not to get a point here, um, but a good come from behind win for Oakley. Yeah, I totally agree. I thought Dandy City looked looked good in the first half. I think this is sort of one of the few times this year where we've seen him sort of be up for the challenge, in particularly against a good Oakley team. Uh, they seemed they seemed ready for it. They seemed primed. So positive signs that they were able to do that, and positive signs that they were able to go ahead after the break. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, they still lost. You've got to get points. They need points. So they say, look, performances are good, but they're starting to stand out like a sore thumb at the bottom of that table. So, um, Brand, we got one more game. Let's jump into it. Altona, Green Gully, what happened? What bloody happened? Well, this one, mate, the the magic, the woes just get worse and worse. For the them. woes just get woe <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Sure, we'll go with that. Uh, I like that one. Anyway, uh, they lost to Green Gully 1-0. Once again, mate, not exactly the most exciting uh, first 45. A solid one shot on target between the two sides in the first half. Didn't take long for some excitement in the second half, though. Luke Jago found the back of the net for Gully shortly after the restart. Gully, uh, they really controlled the, uh, a lot of the second half, I thought. Alex Salmon had a bunch of opportunities, uh, wasn't able to convert any of them, just sort of wasn't his day. Would he, He'd turn up in good areas and he'd have a shot blocked or uh, Chris Oldfield made a great save one-on-one as well, but it was unlucky for him to not find the back of the net. Overall, though, for Green Gully, a good win for them to get, mate. Uh, they'd lost back-to-back games coming into this one. So to bounce back and get a result away from home, it's fantastic for them. It, it, it means they're in the top six as well. But I want to talk about Altona Magic because they are absolutely nowhere, mate. They are still winless after six rounds. They are my uh, sort of, not contender, but my shoe in for most disappointing team this season. We saw that, we've said this every week, they had a bunch of player signings uh, we thought that they'd be sort of nearish the top and it just absolutely has not worked at all. Uh, they've had f- five straight home games too and they still haven't won a game. So, I mean, that's not exactly a fortress there. Uh, in this game in particular, they had one shot in the first half and only three shots for the entire game. And of those three, only one was on target. So 90 minutes of football, one solitary shot on target. That is pretty darn rubbish, if you ask me. So our Tony Magic, they are really, really struggling. Uh, they're down, uh, down near the bottom end of the table. And, mate, I've been really disappointed by them. <laughs> what about you? I mean, at the start of the season, I had relatively low expectations until I did hear that they had pumped a whole lot of money and they probably had one of the more chaotic last 12 months of any club of owners leaving and then coming back and players coming in and players going out. And I think the expectations probably were a bit too high internally in their, mm. their camp. Um, 
I just think the the thing I'll say is that I think it sets up a very interesting mid-season decision for both Altona and Dandy City because they look like the two they're going to be shit fighting at the bottom at this stage. And we've seen Dandy City do it before. Midway through the season, splash some cash, bring in some talent and steady the ship and survive the season. And I wonder if they'll do that again. And I also wonder how Altona will respond to this because do you throw more fuel on the fire of, bringing in more people of maybe a little bit more pedigree or do you go, this is what you've got and make it work. Um, I think it'll be a really interesting season to see how those two play out because at the moment, neither of them are doing a lot to like, shit, can we get two teams relegated this season? Just because they're both looking pretty bare average at the moment. Well, I'm pretty sure two teams do get relegated. No, I'm pretty sure they don't. Isn't it just one? No, it's two, and then there's like a playoff. Oh, no, there's just one and then the playoff, isn't there? No. No. Bullshit. Branson, look this I'm up. I'm not bullshitting you, because who went down last year? It was Pasco Vale and Kingston, and Dandy Thunder beat... Oh, sorry, this is in no. 2019. Yeah, and then Dandy Thunder beat Berlin to stay up. Pretty sure it's two go down. Two go down. I think they've ditched the uh, the third go down playoff, but... Two will get relegated. Mm, sounds fishy to me. We will. I thought it was one fun. goes down automatically, and then one goes play, does the playoff nah. final thing. Nah. nah, interesting. Well, anyway, uh, if we ran the yes. show, it would be that. I'd do that. <laughs> um, uh, more playoff finals. That's what I want. Um, nah, two, two definitely go down. I'm, I'm telling you, two definitely no, go well down. Then, that's just going to be interesting for those two to get relegated. Uh, yeah. No, it'll be sad yeah. for Dandy City to go down, but bloody change it. Um, yeah. Hey, Bran, on the topic yeah. of things that we should change, yeah. let's change our topic of discussion because we've gone through all the games. Let's have a look at the table. As you said before, South Melbourne are now clear on points on top of the table, in first, on 12 points. Behind them, we've got three teams, Avondale, Oakley and Heidelberg, all on 11 points. Uh, following them up, Knights and Green Gully sit pretty on 10. And that's your finals positions catered for. From there, we've got Port Melbourne, Eastern Lions, Hume City and St. Albans all on eight points. Bentley Greens on seven points in 11th. 12th, we have Dan on Thunder on five points. And at the bottom, as we said, no wins for either of these teams. Uh we have got Altona Magic in 13th and Daniel City in 14th. And that is five losses in a row for Dandy City. And that's starting to look pretty bad. Um, Bran, another thing that we had. We had all of these fixtures on a Wednesday night and not just because of Easter. You know, we didn't just give everyone the weekend off. There was some very exciting FFA Cup action on this weekend, Bran. There are yes. some, I said it before, there were some cup sets and there were some very much not cup sets. Let's go through each fixture and say whether or not it was a cup set or a not cup set. Avondale versus Bo Morris. Bran, what was it? Uh, Avondale at home beat Bo Morris, State League one opponents, 6 0. Uh, very much not a cup set, sort of to be expected. Avondale getting a, a strong win over Bo Morris there. The next one, though, mate, Heidelberg United taking on Nunawanning City. Heidelberg won three in a row in the league, but, mate, they are out of the cup, a 2-1 loss to Nunawanning City. I think that's the home of Ben Kalfalar. 
as well, former A-League player. Uh, Nunawading City in the NPL3. Mate, I think that's our first cup set. That is a very big cup set. I saw that one and was like, look, Heidelberg getting it done in the league in great form. Bloody Nunawading City come in. NPL3, mess up the shop. Love it. Great (laughs) cup set. Big Big result for another wanting, mate. The next one as well. The cup sets, I mate, they continue here. Ballarat City, also of NPL three, defeating Altona Magic one nil. Altona, mate, you said their woes just get more woeful or something along those lines, mate. It's it's certainly true here. Poor poor form in the league, and now they're out of the cup. I mean, mate, Altona that, that's Magic. That's a cup set. That's it is, a cup it set. Is, it is. They can't. They can't buy a win. Apparently, uh, they're just mate. It's terrible, mate. Our last contender for cup set. We might have saved the biggest here for last. Saint Auburn Saints taking on Altona North. Oh, it's, you'd absolutely tip if we were if we were in a tipping competition. Oh yeah, we would absolutely tip Saint Auburn Saints in this one. Uh, that's a yeah. lot. What have we got? What happened? Uh, Saint Auburn Saints one, Altona North SC two, Altona North State three. Northwest, and they come up with a huge 2-1 win. And, mate, what I love about this is Altona North SC... Scored two more goals than Altona in the NPL. Well, well, not only that, mate, uh, they're in State 3, and they have more wins against NPL opposition than the Altona Magic (laughs) do this year. They beat St. Albans, of course. Altona Magic, as we said, still winless. So Altona North, if I was them, I'd be jumping on the phone, jumping on social media and go, hey, boys, if you want to know how to beat NPL opposition, uh, just give us a call. But that mate, is great. Um, I, I, I think so too. I, I think that was uh, that was about it for cup sets, though. Uh, okay. Well, then let's uh, we'll blitz through some of the uh, other fixtures that I'm going to say are maybe not cup sets. Uh, Knights put three pl- past Old Scotch. Um, Oakley put three past Mazenod Victory. Eastern Lions. Talking about them before being in some nice form and looking good. Admittedly, it was against Springvale, but they put seven past Springvale. Uh, South Melbourne put six past Werribee City, not a cup set. Um, Dandenong Thunder, bit of an NPL fixture against Green Gully. Green Gully won this one 2-0. And Hume put three three past Warrigal United for them to go through. So, Brand, that is a very tasty round of FFA Cup results to come through. Very exciting to see some knockout cup football. And I loved just the last week of having... Wednesday night of football, bit of midweek NPL action, and then a four-day weekend with some FFA Cup cup sets and not cup sets in there. Yes, definitely. Um, I've also got some live breaking podcast news as we go. Uh, oh, Jesus. City, uh, their FFA Cup game against Richmond was postponed, apparently. Oh, uh, Bentley Greens, at the time of recording, they are tied 1-1 with Essendon Royals. Uh, Port Melbourne are up 4-0 at halftime against Berwick City as well. So we will keep an eye on the Bentley and Port Melbourne games and see if there's uh, any updates we can provide as the show continues, mate. But potential cup set on the cards there between Bentley and Essendon. Keep your eyes peeled. Whenever, can ears you just acknowledge that... Ears. Ears. Eyes. We're a podcast, so ears. Yeah, but... You know... I've literally got nothing. Yeah, cool. Awesome. Well, mate. Hey, yeah, I'll be honest with you. I think that's pretty much the end of the first half, isn't it? I think we've got everything we need to do. 
pretty crap note to end on, but I mean, let's end it there before it gets much worse, I think, mate. Uh, but yeah, big second like half. Big yeah, second big half. second half. I'm going to go make a cup of tea. So Ooh. have a break, everyone. We'll be back. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to part two of the semi-pro potty match day six. We match day six, Brand. Yeah, match day six. Good, just testing you and your pass with flying colours. Um, Bran, we always do this segment. That's so semi-professional. What have you got for us this week? Because I love your first one. Oh, it's an absolute belter, this one. So, uh, Altona Magic, they're, they're, they're not doing well. They're, they are not on fire when it comes to their on-pitch performance. But I like where you're setting this one up from, yeah, by the way. But yeah, yeah, they might not be fire on the pitch, but apparently there was a fire off the pitch. They had uh, the fire brigade turn up to their game. Uh, there's great photos go, uh, doing the rounds on Twitter. Uh, if you go to the live stream yeah, as think, well, you can check it out. Uh, I think fire- Stephen Curtin did a tweet of it with four images of what was going on. Yes, so from the 24th minute mark of the first half, you can see a fire truck rock up at Altona. Uh, That's great, but the reason is even better. Apparently, the reason why the fire truck was there is because Altona had like a big spit or something on. They were cooking on a storm, apparently, and there was a bunch of smoke coming off of that, obviously, from the from the fire pit, I guess, that whatever was being cooked was... Uh, emitting and the smoke was so uh billowy i guess also there was so much of it that uh someone called the fire brigade and so the fire brigade rocked up to the game um and had a look so that's fantastic there's great photos and you can see the smoke from the broadcast and it is very quite a bit of smoke yeah 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 yeah. i can see why they were called uh but mate we were talking about this before the show and you have a theory as to why the fire truck might have turned up. Do I? Wasn't to put, yeah, you said it wasn't to put the fire out. It was for, for something else. Uh, in the purely hypothetical scenario that I've forgotten about what I said before we recorded this podcast, oh, you, you genuinely abs- have forgotten. You absolutely have. You, well, I'll, I'll pretend I'm you, I guess. You were saying yeah. that uh, maybe the fire brigade actually turned up, not to put out the fire, but just because they wanted a fantastic feed. Oh, yeah. No, that, I mean, like I said, I think that's a really good thing to do. There's like a lot of times where I see like a police car stuck in traffic and then it just puts the lights on, overtakes everyone and goes around. I'm like, oh, you're so just wanting to get McDonald's breakfast in, aren't you? Like, right. And so, like, I just think fireys being like, mm, not much happening tonight, boys. Let's uh, Let's go get ourselves some nice NPL food. What's the fastest way to get there? Woo! Set the lights up. Go on. Yeah. Be there yep. in 10 minutes. Love yep. it. Uh, but that, I think, is very semi-professional. Uh, very, very good. A uh, couple of other things that I've got that we like. There were polls, as always, a uh, poll at Altona and a poll at Summer Street for the Knights game as well. And also, mate, I have on good authority, unfortunately, I was not at the Avondale uh, FFA Cup game, but I do have it on good authority that there were two Goalkeepers wearing hats in that game. Both the Avondale, both the Avondale and the Bo Morris keeper were wearing hats, albeit not at the same time. But uh, if we did, if we had like podcast merchandise, oh, I reckon it would. Can we do like a club crest? But it's like two goalkeepers wearing hats facing each other. 
or like looking away from each other. I don't know, like some sort of a motif with like goalkeepers wearing hats and poles. Actually, yeah, this is, yeah, we should really redo our logo. Well, here's what I'm thinking. This is where I thought you were going. Uh, what we should do is get a bunch of semi-pro potty hats made up, uh, order like a hundred, and then distribute Give them. Give the goalkeepers. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Just, oh. just distribute them to all the goalkeepers and go, all right, guys, if it's sunny and you need a hat, wear this one, please. And, you know, I think that would, uh, I think that would be great. I'm so on board with that. I really like that brand. That's great. Um, I have got one. I think it's semi-professional. Um, Eastern Lions have trimmed the tree that was in the way of the broadcast, <laughs> which is probably good for the viewer and average punter, but this really screws up our that so semi-professional section. So, you know, it means we don't get to talk about the Eastern Lion tree blocking the broadcast anymore. So we've just got to right. now come up with more content, which is even harder for us. Well, I think uh, SMFC Mike were, was tweeting about that as well, saying they'd cut it down and then uh, initially they were going to, sorry, pardon me, when they were filming from that side, it was a last-minute decision, so they had to flip it over that side or something, and then they yeah. fanned out the tree. So it was just very much semi-professional in all its elements there. But uh, I suppose that is, as you said, good news for, for football in general. However, poor news for uh, the comedic for- effects <laughs> yeah. on um, NPL Victoria football. But yeah, um, mate, let's yeah, go. Let's go. Let's do it, buddy. What Ooh. did you like it? Um, big thing that I like to, to start off here is that we have made it further through this season than we did in 2020. Uh, I think that's a good milestone we're celebrating. Of course, in 2020, we only got through five rounds and we have now just completed our sixth round in the NPL Victoria and round four of the FFA Cup as well. I think that's really good. I think it's a, a nice achievement to uh, be further than we were before and just sort of shows that things are indeed sort of back to some sense of, of normal, mate. That's what I liked. Yeah, I do like that. Um, I, I'm, I'm constantly flip-flopping as to whether or not I despise professional football and love semi-professional football. Um, and Thursday night for mine, I just decided to have a Thursday night in and I watched the A-League double header with City and Western United and Adelaide and Central Coast. Yes. It was good. I, it was just really good quality football. Um, there are things that I absolutely love about the beautiful semi-professional game that we get to enjoy every week. But watching that A-League Doubleheader just reminded me that I think football in Australia is in a really good place at the moment. The next five years could be really interesting where it goes to. I think it's actually at a healthy state. I know some people will bemoan the small crowds and everything, but I actually think it's healthy at the moment. Once we get out of that Foxtel broadcast deal and it's less evil, I just think football has got a really nice hotbed of talent to, to select from now and, you know, Joe Gauchy double save, double penalty save. The Central Coast game was just a ripper game. Just loved. I loved every bit of it. Um, Diamante's ball that Barisha finished. It was great. Absolutely loved it. I thought the A League on Thursday night was outstanding. I really liked it. I'd agree with that. Um, I went to the Melbourne City Western United game. Only. Oh, one of the few A League games that I've actually been able to get to. Thanks for the invite. Oh. It was a last minute decision. I wasn't sure if I was going to get there. It was a last minute thing. <laughs> I just so offended. My apologies, mate. Um, 
Uh, one thing that I like from this game, though, was West United. I mean, we're Melbourne City slash, well, I'm Melbourne City or Melbourne City slash Adelaide uh, fans. So don't have a ton of love for West United, but don't have a ton of love at the fact that they're playing out of Amy Park either. But one thing that I did like was I thought their pre-game, during-game entertainment, not entertainment, but like celebration stuff was actually pretty darn good when they scored yeah, nice. a goal. They had... They had green fireworks that yeah. shot up behind the goals, and I thought they were actually pretty cool. And then they had a, what is it, the safe smoke or whatever? Yeah, yeah, uh, out of certain points behind the goals. So I was like, you know what? That's actually quite a nice touch. Haven't seen Melbourne City or the Melbourne Victory do that either. Western United have. So I was like, wow, I'm not necessarily big fans of them. I am big fans of that. Another thing that I liked, mate. Uh, Teo Palazzari. Oh, one quick one before, oh, you jump, you before you jump onto that one. Um, one other thing I really liked about Western United, I didn't know this, but they use Go West by the Pet Shop Boys as like their, um, their like end of game anthem thing. That song is a banger. Yeah, it's really good. So I was like, yeah, that's a cracking and like it's called Go West. Works perfectly. Yeah, Brilliant song to choose. You'll find this hard to believe, mate, but I've never heard that song. But uh, I will. Uh, I'll listen to it after the show. You're just you're just there shaking your head. I love it. Um, I was saying that one of the things I like was having Teo Palazzari back on commentary. He was doing the commentary for the Knights Heidelberg game. Uh, he's fantastic. Uh, he's v- a very, very good commentator. Sort of got lost a little bit. Um, was no longer working from Fox for Fox Sports. We hadn't heard much of him or anything like that. But he's popped back up in the NPL Victoria and hopefully... There's more to come, uh, and and we hear him commentating big games in the MPL uh, in the in the future as well, mate. Yeah, a couple of quick ones for mine to sort of round it off. Um, the W League obviously went to its finals over the weekend. I've got to say, I really, really massively appreciated having pre-game. Um, mm. air listeners to this podcast will know that uh, I just know nothing about football. And the way that you learn more about football is that you hear people who know more than you talking about it and that that intro to the game was really i think it changed my viewing of the game quite a bit from being just like a purely entertainment piece to actually being able to follow players and see the strategies for each team and everything and it was a lot more enjoyable having that sort of intro so uh the way that i'm thinking of the next couple of years is that all of this is just like shredding for the w the women's world cup and any more information that I can get, more matches that I can watch that have got analysis that I can sort of get my head around is going to make me feel a lot better when the Women's World Cup does come around and I can actually properly enjoy the football a lot more for the spectacle that it's going to be. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I agree. I just wish that the Fox Sports had, had done more of that, to be honest, throughout the course of the yeah. W League season. Like uh, their W League coverage was, let's be honest, pretty bloody crap, you know. One camera setups, no replays, uh, glitches galore. Taking the piss for how much money they oh. claim to be pumping into the women's game. It is utterly taking and, the piss. And, and even, even then on Wednesday night, it was the title decider between the victory and... Uh, the penalty got dropped, yeah. And and then it wasn't even on Fox Sports either. It was only on mm. KO. So while I agree, I thought the pregame show was actually really good and it was a good way to hype it up and analyse it. Um, I just wish there was more of it. Yeah, oh, the only way to do it is to kick Fox Sports out of it. They just don't care. It's become very apparent. Um, then, obviously, another final one that we got, and we'll get to it in a bit, is the WNPL. We've really got to figure out how we're going to say this because on Google, it calls it the WNPL Victoria. 
Mm. Um, I'm pretty sure the Twitter account is NPL Women's Vic, correct? Yes. NPLW Victoria, yes. NPLW Victoria, yeah. So we've got to figure this out, man, because this is going to be hard for us to be consistent throughout the season. We We forget which match week it is. One of us forgets which match week it is. The other one puts it in the run sheet in bold up the top for his mate so that he can notice and remember, but his mate Thanks, never seems to. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Um, um, I'm really keen for this to kick off because, yeah. again, the way I'm looking at sport at the moment is that this is every every bit of football that I can consume before the Women's World Cup um, is just I'm so keen for. And I want to see if anyone can make a serious advance on Calder, you know, the, the games that we have been to, the Souths have got a good team and, and Boleyn have got a good team, but um, Calder are always by far the best team. and really going to see if that that sort of league condenses this season is a little bit more competitive at the top. Um, so, yeah, Grant, that's the what we like yeah. section. Yes, very quickly, though, I just want to chime in on the uh, – what, what, hang on, so what did we say? NPLW? NPLW. Are we happy with that? Mm. Okay, so it's the National Premier Leagues in the yep. state of Victoria – but it is the National Premier League's women's competition in the state of Victoria. It's like there's got to be a hierarchy to this where we work down. We're like the National Premier League's is the governing body for Premier Leagues in Australia. Victoria is a subset of that. So like NPL Vic women's and NPL Vic men's. Is that how we talk? Like, well, but here's the thing. So you've got NPLW and then you've got the Victorian Premier League women's, which is the second division. So you've got oh, the women's fuck. so you've got the women's national premier league and the Victorian Premier League women's or women's what? Victorian Premier League. Mm. Yeah. Gonna, NPLW, we're gonna roll with NPLW. We're, we're just gonna we're gonna stick with that. I'm I'm very excited to have her back as well. Uh, <laughs> I think Colder United, as you said. They've been the top dogs for a while now. They've also just started a partnership with Western United. So I think it'll be really interesting to see how that goes and whether they just keep getting even stronger. Uh, There are only eight teams, Southern United and uh, I think it was North Geelong Galaxy uh, have been, oh, sorry, Geelong Galaxy United. uh, That's a mouthful. Geelong Galaxy United FC have been uh, relegated down to the VPL. They just had their lot. Oh, okay, I thought they had their licenses, their professional licenses taken away, wasn't it, or something? Uh, they had their NPL license removed, yes. so that's why they're in the VPL now. So I think it's going it's to be condensed, which I don't love because um, we saw that with the W League as well, that condensed schedule, and it's just a bit it, – it's not good. Uh, anyway, uh, excited to see how Calder United go, and I am very excited for the VPL, the second division as well, because there is eventually going to be promotion – Yes, it's a great chance for teams like Preston, the Knights, Southern United, uh, South Yarra, big women's team as well, and Geelong Galaxy, of course, as well, to sort of get their house in order and really build up so when they do come into the NPLW, they can be competitive as well. So very excited for some more NPL women's football, mate. I'm very much looking forward to it. Uh, And you also nailed it in terms of NPL women's, Victoria. We've settled on NPL women's, Victoria being the format that we always say it in now. I'm definitely going to screw that up. Hey, Bran. Yeah. William. I love to pick on you about your knowledge or lack thereof of movies, music, pop culture, anything to do with the world that everyone else knows about. Yeah. 
But I figured this week I'm going to give you a break. Thank you. What are we doing? We're going to do a little bit of a trivia together. Too long has this pod gone on with us being at each other in this segment of the pod. Yeah. I don't think it's a true representation of our love and adoration for each other. So I'm going to do a group project this week. And Bran, I've got a trivia in front of us. Oh. And I'm just going to pick five questions out of it. Yeah. And it's on a topic that I think you'll be very good at. Oh, you're making me nervous. Is it football related? It absolutely is football related, Branson. Oh, okay. Lucky. Maybe. Maybe not. As long as it's not NPL tipping. No, nah, it is going to be Ron Tomato scores of football related films. Oh, yuck. No, nah, it's absolutely not. I'm right, actually going to do that. Yep. I'm going to do that one week for you, though. I am okay. going to do a World Cup trivia with you, Branson, and we're okay. going to do it together because <laughs> we need some camaraderie after our yep. tipping debacle every week. Yep. So, so we've got some, some chemistry, some rapport. I love it. Yep. All right. Exactly. Um, Branson, mm-hmm. where was the very first World Cup held? I've got Uruguay. four options here. Okay. Uruguay. Done. And they also won the first World Cup. Done. We're one from one. Uh, it doesn't. That is correct. Yeah. The inaugural FIFA World Cup took place in Uruguay from thirteen to thirty to from the thirteenth to the thirtieth of July, nineteen thirty. In the final host and pre-tournament favourites, Uruguay defeated Argentina four two. Branson, can you guess what the crowd number for that final was? Oh, seventy three thousand. Sixty eight thousand three hundred forty six. Close, but wrong. That's not too bad. Yeah, it's pretty good. Okay, Branson. Yeah. I've got four options here as well. I feel like I'll need to read these ones out. What was the fastest goal in World Cup history? Was it 10.8 seconds? Actually, I'll do it in order. Was it 6.2 seconds? 10.8 seconds? 14.7 seconds? Or (laughs) 18.3? Can I say that that soon? And was That's Tim Cahill one of them? Did Tim Cahill score a quick World Cup goal or am I going insane? You might be going. He scored a very quick reply in South Africa. Mm, but I, I forgot about that World Cup. Um, so the time, 6, 6.2, 10.8, 18.3, 14.7. I'm going to... all. I think six is ridiculous. That's got to be like straight from... I'm going to say... 14.7. What do you okay. think? I was thinking 10.8, but, I mean, what's the oh, difference no, it's of 3.9 seconds? Yeah, well, apparently a lot when you're talking records. Let's go 14.7. was your initial okay. thought. This is, a, this is all about team play. This is We play as a team. I'm happy with 14.7. Mm-hmm. Guess- dickhead. It was not. It was not 14.7. It was 10.8 seconds. Was it scored by Turkey? Branson, if you've Googled this. I've not Googled it. Well, if Turkish, I Googled it, I would have got it right. Yeah, fair cop. Turkish <laughs> soccer legend Hakan Sakur scored a goal against South Korea in the 2002 World Cup bronze medal match just 10.8 seconds after the opening whistle. I, rem- I remember seeing that, but I, I obviously didn't know the time. Okay, so we're one from two. What's, what, what's next? I'm not sure you get a half a point for getting Turkish. So I'd say we're on one cool. and a half out of two. Yeah, we'll take that. Oh, this is a good one. 
Who was the first player to score at five World Cup additions? I don't know why you have to add additions to the end of that. First player to score at five World Cups. How many players have there been that have played in five World Cups? Tim Cahill. No, he's played it. It was three. Four. Was he four? Fuck, I'm so bad at literally football. Um, Anyway, the options are Marta, Ronaldo, Pele, or Lotha Matthaus. I don't know who Lotta Matthaus is. I'm pretty sure it's Marta. I'm pretty sure it's Marta. Pele was my first thought before you read out those answers because he was just incredibly good. That's my thought, is Pele. Okay. We're going to go Pele because, again, it's Pele. It's not Pele. It is Marta. Is it? Marta is the first footballer of either gender to score at five World Cups. I'm not going to say additions at the end of that. Why does it keep putting additions? Uh, she is often regarded as the best player, the best female player of all time. Um, and that was actually from Pele himself said that. Interesting. Fantastic. Um, what did the Iranian national team lose a week before their 2018 World Cup? What did they lose? Yeah. <laughs> the options are their coach, their whole team, <laughs> their passports, or their shoes. <laughs> I don't think- really want it to be their whole team. You can't lose a whole team. No, I'm thinking. I'm thinking it's going to be passports, right? Because people lose coaches all the time uh, on the eve of World Cups, or not necessarily on the eve, but coaches. I don't think it's that. Uh, shoes, shoes you could also replace. Like, yeah, shoes go down in, to like, in 2018, I'm sure they have multiple pairs. I, I think passports. It's not passports. Isn't it? It's also not their whole team, which is good. It's was it their coach. coach? It was their shoes. They lost their shoes. What? <laughs> what the hell? What is going on there? After the US withdrew from the Iran nuclear deal and restored heavy economic oh. sanctions on the country, Nike <laughs> issued a statement saying the sanctions mean that a US comp- as a US company, we cannot provide shoes to players in the Iran national team at this time. If they had wow. violated the sanctions, Nike execs could have been subject to criminal penalties up to 1 million and 20 years in prisons. In prison. I mean, it's fucking rich for Nike to just turn around and have some moral compass. Jeez. That's pretty crazy. Also, when you you said lost their shoes, that is not like the thought process I had. I was thinking thinking, like they left him in the hotel room. Like they'd have multiple pairs. I I was thinking giant global economic sanctions. Yeah, this is not like a Guardian well-researched trivia quiz. We're on usefultrivia.com here. So this is poorly written and, yeah, it has to be as the person who who wrote this doesn't really know much about soccer because World Cup additions is not a term I've ever heard of in my life. Yes. Okay, Bran, last one. Um, what was the longest wait between FIFA World Cup tournaments? Was it four, eight, 12, or 16 years? Oh, I was looking up something similar. Have oh. to be World War Two. I reckon it's a World War Two. So hang on. So what? Do you, so what's the question? The longest wait. What was the longest wait between FIFA World Cup tournaments? So did they oh, cancel a World Cup 
Yeah. Because if they cancelled a World Cup, eight years would be it. Gotcha. Sorry, I thought you meant, like, what's the longest? Okay, I wasn't Googling that. I thought you meant, like, what was the largest gap between a country making appearances? So, like, for example, North Korea in Mm, 2018. Yeah, okay, the wording is ambiguous. Anyway, no, I know what you mean now. Um, Yeah, eight years. Go eight years. Incorrect. God, wait, what? 12 years. Oh, 12 years. Because of World War II, the World Cup yeah. was not held between 38 and 1950. As a result, Italy, which won the World oh. Cup in 1934 and 1938, was the reigning world champion for 16 years. Wow. Quite good for Italy. Love wow. that for them. That's mega. Um, so we were actually pretty bad at football trivia as well, Branson. We <laughs> We were a little bit. I yeah, okay. We got Uruguay. I knew that one. Knew that one straight away. Um, yeah, it was good. Yeah, you did. We started off strong. Um, Brand. Anyway, let's bring this old chariot home. Let's have a look at the fixtures that are upcoming this weekend. And very excited to say that we've actually got two competitions to preview this week. Let's kick off with match day seven of the men's competition. We've got Green Gully versus South Melbourne on Friday night. And Oakley versus the Knights on Friday as well. Bran, what have we got on Saturday? Saturday, Avondale taking on Eastern Lions. Altona Magic taking on Dandy City in a battle of the cellar dwellers. 14th versus 13th in that one. No idea if who's going to win that or if anyone's going to be able to. Uh, Hume City taking on Port Melbourne on Saturday night. Dandenong Thunder taking on St. Albans also on Saturday night. And lastly, on Sunday, a big one, mate. Bentley Greens taking on Heidelberg. What about the NPLW fixtures, though, mate? Talk me through We've them. got three on the Saturday, all kicking off around 3 p.m. We've got Box Hill United taking on Bayside. We have got Calder taking on Alamein. And we have got Heidelberg United hosting Senior NTC. Uh, on the Monday night, we have got Bulleen taking on South Melbourne. I think that Bulleen-South Melbourne game will a cracker on Monday at the Veneto, I believe. That's it. That is the one. Um, Bran, let's turn our attention towards tips. How did we go? More importantly, how did everyone else go? Oh, so we got three, which is not... not we not, seem um, to get three quite often. It is. Three, three is the most we've ever got. Um, so I'm just trying to pull up our tips. We Who did we get correct? We tipped South. We got that correct. We tipped Oakley. We got that correct. And Green Gully, we got correct. So those were our three correct amundos. Um, so, yeah, you're right. Three is the most we've ever got. But the problem is we are being out-tipped left, right, and centre. When it comes to the FNR tipping table, we are propping it up. We're, we're on the bottom. Um, the only way to go from here is up. Uh Full disclosure, though, we did miss a round of the FNR tip, so we have got that excuse in our back pocket for why we're on the bottom. But there is a there there, there are more competitors, mate, than the people who are just in FNR's uh, NPL tipping competition. Uh, two of my family members have uh, have joined in. Uh, mum, my mum, has uh, has been tipping for many weeks, and so too now has tipping Tony. better than us. Yes, and now so too has uh, Tony, my my girlfriend. She has started, you know, she's joined in on the NPL tipping. So mum doesn't know a lot about the NPLW. She listens to 
uh, sorry, the NPL, but she listens to the podcast. Tony doesn't know a lot about the NPL either and doesn't listen to the podcast. And both of them tipped four this week. Uh, Tony actually tipped four the week before as well. And you're like, oh my goodness. Like, I, I just don't get it, man. I don't get it. I mean, are we overthinking this? Mum still refuses I... to tip draws. She just hates them. So she doesn't tip them. I'm like, mum, that is not a sound strategy. And then she beats us every week. So I don't know. I think it's a big part, and this is why I wanted to pick the trivia section this week, because I think we have had division in the ranks of the semi-pro potty as we've tipped. There's been a lot of finger pointing, and Mm. I will be honest with you, I am the number one person to blame for that. I think we either succeed as a team or fail separately, and we've just got to work as a team. Yeah. So, Bran, I think from here on out, no matter what we think happens, whatever whatever happens in the tips doesn't come between us. We're better than this, man. We are yep. better than this. So we're, what have we got for tips this weekend? Mate, I totally agree. We're going to turn this ship around. We're on the same page. We are in sync and we're going to start nailing him. So we are tipping this week uh, South Melbourne. Uh, who are they? South from? Melbourne against Green Gully. I'll, I'll yes. read out the picture. You tell us what we're tipping. So yes, do that. when Green Gully and South Melbourne, we are tipping South Melbourne. Yes. Oakley Cannons versus the Knights. Who are we tipping? Uh, we're going to draw. We've decided on a draw for this one. Going to be a tough match. Uh, we think the draw. Yep. Avondale versus Eastern Lions. Avondale. Great call, Branson. Love that. I think it's 100% nailed on win to Avondale. Altona Magic versus Dandenong City. Wow. This, yeah, this was tough. This was probably the hardest one for us to tip. Can we, can we tip a postponement just out of yeah. sheer boredom? We've gone. We've gone for a draw. I mean, yeah. this this is a huge match though for both teams. For for both of them, if they don't, if either of them don't win, you know, they're going to be like, what's going on? If we can't even beat, you know, if Altona can't even beat Dandenong and Dandy City can't even beat Altona, then you know they're really going to struggle. But they're struggling anyway. So we've tipped a draw. Uh, tough to pick either of those teams to win anything at the moment. Yeah, uh, next one, we've got yep. Hume City versus Port Melbourne. See, this is another tough one. Uh, we, we, we've gone for Hume. Uh, Port Melbourne off the back of that 5-0 win. Hume has sort of underperformed, but we just think, and I think Hume better. Port, yeah, and Port, will, Port aren't consistent. So are they going to put two good performances in, in a row? Probably not. No, haven't seen it yet. Sweet. Dandy Thunder versus St. Albans Saints. This is also a difficult one to pick. What have we gone for? We've gone for the Thunder. We've gone for the Thunder. I think St. Albans, their their best has been better than Dandenong's uh, from what we've seen this year. But I just, I don't know. I think the Thunder have been good. St. Albans on the back, on the back, sorry, of a difficult performance. We're going the Thunder, mate. Yep. And final fixture in the round, Bentley Greens, Heidelberg United. That will be a cracker. Who have we gone for? We are Brent. going for Heidelberg in this one. Sorry, mate, my internet, my, my internet was uh, was dropping out there. Very unfortunate. Uh, we're going Heidelberg against Bentley. Another extremely difficult one to pick. Uh, and I think in keeping, form, though. yeah, and in keeping with us missing the first round for tips, we will be doing. Uh, <laughs> we're going to wait for the first round of the NPL Women's Victoria to come in before we start doing our tips in the. <laughs> NPL women. So you can look forward to us getting more we want to tips on next week. Yeah, yeah. We we will look forward to that next week. 
Brand Ripper Show, love this for us. Um, I'm at Chambershire on Instagram. You are at Branson Gibson on Twitter. We have got a, let's call it a company Instagram and Twitter account at Semi Pro Potty. Give us a follow. Send us some hate mail, whatever you want to do. Let us know what games you're going to. It's been a pleasure doing Match Day 6 with you guys. Thank you very much for joining us and keep being some semi-professional. The Semi-Pro Potty Match Day 6 episode is done. Bye.